Hey, 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 I'm Michelle. And I'm Greta. We are girlfriends who have always been seekers. We love learning, sharing, and most of all, we love having those soul-to-soul moments with our girlfriends. Our podcast is about spiritual connection and sisterhood. You are not alone. So grab your glass, get comfy, and join us as we make some noise, light up the room, and get get into it. I am so excited to talk about gardening today because it's something that is very personal to me. And I don't know, I wouldn't even call it a hobby. I feel like it's part of my morning ritual to go out into my garden. It's become like a meditation for me. It's just so many things I never expected gardening could be. I admire your passion for it and your skill. Oh, well, uh, about that. it is. I mean, I have <laughs> seen your way. garden and it is gorgeous. <laughs> and it really does take a lot of focus and attention and love that you need to pour into a project like that. So I admire you for that. It's funny that you brought up the love and the attention. And I think when I first was talking to a friend about starting a garden. I had a garden a gazillion years ago when the kids were babies. And I mean, it was this little patch of dirt that I dug a hole and stuck some things in and the snails and slugs ate them immediately. And it was really, (laughs) there was some tomatoes grew and the kids would go out and pick them. And I think we grew some snap peas and they loved those. And so it was a great experience, but it wasn't much of a garden really. But You know, about five years ago, I was talking to a friend and she was like, you should get a garden. I love my garden. It's the best thing ever. And to me, it just sounded like a lot of work and one more thing to take care of. I'm busy. I'm trying to work and raise kids and get them to soccer and all of that stuff. And it just was like, oh, sounds exhausting. I don't have time for that. But it's surprising how much the garden actually gives back and fills me up. So yeah, when you'd mentioned the love and devotion, it's like, no, it gives it back tenfold. Yeah. It becomes like a therapeutic process in a sense, you know, like, well, it's a relationship. It's a giving and receiving. And then there's a level of therapy that I would imagine you experience as you're there, like you're in this meditative state and it's the mindfulness that we talk about and all of that. Mm. So, so When starting a garden, what would you suggest? Like the first few things somebody should try to maybe have a little bit more success. I would give up immediately and say, this is it. It's not for me. Yeah. So what would you say would be a couple of things like, hey, if you start with these things, you might, you know, get some quick results. Yes. Well, okay. So now we're getting more into the technical stuff. And I do want to get back into the meditative thing that I get from it. But yeah, if you can't even get the, the shit to grow, then <laughs> how are you going to have the meditative, <laughs> meditative, wonderful experience? Because yeah, I'll say my first year of gardening was not a beautiful experience. It was very depressing every time when I went out there and nothing was doing what it was supposed to do. So I'll just start with my own experience. I put in bad dirt. I didn't know you could have different dirt. The soil is so important. It has to be really nutrient rich. And oh, so that's a big deal. See, big. when you said bad dirt, I'm like, what do you mean? Dirt yeah. dirt. <laughs> no, that's what I thought too. And I don't know. I just bought like some cheap dirt and it didn't hold the moisture when you watered. It didn't, it was depleted of all the minerals and nutrients. 
I mean, that's what's feeding your plant. And that's what you're consuming after you're harvesting. Yeah. So yes, that would be extremely important then to yes. start just with the soil, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the foundation of it all. Okay. So you got to get really good soil. I go, I would go to a nursery and get that soil that just had, you know, whatever they recommend for I used bumper crop. It's good, rich soil with compost. And then it also has chicken shit, <laughs> which sounds disgusting and it smells horrible. You got to fertilize it. But this is the cycle of life. The chicken shits, it goes into the dirt, it feeds the plant, and then we get to, I mean, it sounds gross, but eat it and then poop it out and then then we digest and eliminate. Yes. It's a whole thing. Like this is how it works. It's not that complicated. So it makes sense that the the plant needs that. So, I mean, that when I discovered that you can add the chicken shit in and (laughs) it's like my garden was so much happier Mm. on my second year. But yeah, now I'm five years into it. and, And even then I've had a bad year mixed in. There's things you can't control and you sort of just have to go with the flow and like figure things out along the way. And, you know, my first year I watered way too much and my plants weren't doing well. And I asked the local nursery, why do my plant tomato plants look like this? And they let me know. So have someone you can go to also Google. I use Google constantly. Yeah, I'd imagine you can also YouTube a lot of this also and get like tutorials on demand. And I love that you said that though, like consult somebody. This doesn't have to be a lonely project. No, This is something, and I think gardens in general are very communal. You know, I mean, even when you're harvesting, you're sharing it, whether it's with your family, your neighbors. Mm -hmm. I love that. When my Mm -hmm. neighbors come over with all the produce that they've just grown in their backyards, it is such a special gift. I love that. So it is something that you shouldn't just go into and think it's just me and I have to figure it all out. I mean, there are so many experts yeah. and people who have gone before you yes. <laughs> and had success. So like definitely reach out to the people. Yes. There's so much information out there. It's great. I even, well, I'll get into more about the bugs, but I love Googling <laughs> the bugs to find out which ones are good and which ones got to go. Mm-hmm. So no, there's a wealth of information. Probably the biggest thing, even before soil, is location. So you just have to make sure you have a lot of sunlight. That a majority of your day, this space that you pick, gets sun. Because without sun, it's just not going to do well. So you need you need to have sun. I don't remember exactly how many hours. You can Google that. But you need to have a decent amount of sun throughout the warmer parts of the morning until about 2 p.m. is really what you want. Anything after that, like it's great. My house is set up where the house blocks the really hot afternoon sun that can scorch the plants. So it's not like it has to be all day sun from morning till, you know, sundown. But just if you get like that healthy earlier through the afternoon sun. Okay, that's important Mm -hmm. to note. And you're right, because I... I'll talk a little bit about my aeroponic garden a little yeah. bit later, but I will say that where I positioned that did make a very big difference. It's almost like some of my leaves were getting burned. Mm-hmm. Um, and because like we live in a hotter climate during the summer, I think, you know, you kind of have to also be aware of where and how long. And mine was on wheels. So actually it was really That's easy great. to just like Can't move do around. That. I know. Um, with, a- <laughs> with a planter box. <laughs> or- <laughs> Or right in the the dirt, dirt. you know, but so 
I will share my experience in a little bit because this makes it very, very easy. So if some of this is feeling a little overwhelming for a listener, don't worry. We've got some other alternative ways. And I hope like, (laughs) I hope it doesn't overwhelm you. I really think you can start so small. You can start with a couple pots on your back deck or the aeroponic garden, like you're saying, or, you know, just, I, I realize like not everybody has space and maybe, you know, you have a little apartment and you have one little back deck and it gets a little bit of sun. You know, when I went to Italy, it was awesome. There was tomato and basil growing in the a little patch of dirt at the gas station. Just wild. I think, no, I think they just plant it. Like, they're like, if there's any sun and dirt, like, wow. the Italians are just okay, they're planting just utilizing, tomatoes and basil. Yeah. Utilizing the space that they have. So it could be done yeah. anywhere. That's cool. Yeah. So it's like, whatever you have, just kind of try to work with what you have and make the best of it. And I think the reason I even wanted to do this podcast topic was because I feel that there's so much more that goes into growing something from the earth than just on the outside surface Mm -hmm. of it. When you think of gardening, when you think of gardening, you think of like the little old lady, you know, out there with her clippers. It's like, it's so much more than that for me. It's definitely meditative. It's definitely something you go and you lose yourself. When you're in that garden, you're not thinking about anything else. Mm. You are looking at the little bees that are coming, the birds, the hummingbirds, the just the smells, the way the plants are blowing in the breeze. You're just a part of nature. There's this oneness that happens. And I will tell you when I don't feel like getting up and doing yoga because maybe I'm, you know, exhausted or sad or whatever, I always feel like going out to my garden. You get a sense of energy or like. Yeah. I mean, my feet are on the ground. I never wear shoes. I mean, my heels are terrible right now, but but it's this whole experience for me. I'm out there. I hand water everything. I don't have irrigation. I mean, maybe one day I will pay the money and have that done. But right now I'm like, I don't know if I want to lose that. I don't know if I knew that, that you went out there and hand watered it. So sometimes twice a day because it's been warm. But wow. I mean, you can definitely set up irrigation if that's not. But I get so much from that Mm -hmm. that I just I don't know if I'm ready to give that up. Yeah. Yeah. That's you nurturing and tending to creation. Yeah. Really. Yeah. And I, I don't think about any of my worries when I'm out there. All I'm focused on are the plants and the little bugs that I had no idea. I'm, I was never a bug. I hated spiders. <laughs> this gardening thing has completely changed that for me. Spiders are so good for the garden. They eat all the bad bugs. So every time I see a spider, I get so excited. It's like, thank you, friend. Thanks for showing up. And I'll just be part of yes. this. <laughs> and it's, it's amazing because you have just this dirt and then you put the little plants in and all of a sudden you just watch the life come. They just show up where there was nothing. That's amazing. And you have these little ecosystems. I just added flowers the last couple years and I highly recommend doing that. The joy, Mm. the colors, and then all the little bees and everything that comes. It's so fulfilling. And it's just this great, very present experience for me. I love that. I was actually at a garden that is maintained at a camp recently. And it was so cool because this woman who was taking me through it all, she's a botanist. And so I got to really get 
into what the plant is, what it's doing, why they would plant this plant or flower yeah. near this plant. Companion plant. Companion plants. And then there were a lot of leaves that she was picking and allowing and flower petals. She's like, try this. Mm. Well, what do you mean try this? She goes, eat it. We can eat this? Like I always yeah. hear that, you know, plants are poisonous and you should and you have to know. Like you yeah. have to actually know what you can't just go around eating all plants. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> it's very important. But yeah. it was such a cool experience to see the variety of what was being grown. And all of this is basically in our backyard. But What I think I enjoyed the most was the passion that was also coming from her Mm -hmm. because truly this is something that she is educated on, but also lives for. And so that was a really cool experience to be part of as well. So Mm -hmm. I'm hearing as you're talking, I'm like, yes, that is kind of how I felt when this woman was taking me through this big community garden and sharing all these different Mm -hmm. things with me and the excitement that was coming through, but really looking at it from the dirt yeah and then coming up to like what blooms and you know what we then get to harvest and put in our bodies is it's phenomenal I mean yeah I really feel like it connects us yeah we are so disconnected as a society from nature and I just think that's such a loss that we've experienced and there's something about just having your hands in the dirt I don't even wear gloves my manicure is horrible right now (laughs) But it just gives me such a sense of connectedness and like I'm a part of all of this. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to even put into words just the feeling of peace that I have when I go out into the garden. Yeah. And the way the worries melt away and you're just you realize how small you are. You're a part of something so much bigger than you. I think a lot of that was just watching the little bugs come Mm. and watching there. I fell in love with this grasshopper. I didn't even know that little baby grasshoppers looked exactly like big grasshoppers. It's really freaking cute. And I watched him grow and go all the way into adulthood and get his wings. And then one day he was gone. But it was like I would go out (laughs) to visit this grasshopper every morning. And if I didn't, if I couldn't find him, I'd be sad and I'd look for him. But then he'd pop up. He'd still be there. Did you name him? Jiminy. Yeah. Like a cricket. But Yeah. yeah, Jiminy. Cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had to think about it. This is last, last summer. Right now, I have a ton of praying mantises. They also look exactly mm-hmm. like little baby praying mantises. Mm-hmm. And they're really good for the garden. So I'm excited about that. I know. I'm such a it. garden <laughs> insect nerd. And like, if you would have asked me this, I don't know, even five years ago before I started this whole gardening thing, I would have been like, no, that is not how I want to spend my time. But here but you are grounding in. And that's the other thing we've You and I talk a lot about just like grounding and getting your feet in the earth, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's the same thing with your hands, being able to release all the energy that the fake or the synthetic energy that comes through our phones and our TV and all of that kind of thing. The rubber soles on our shoes. They said Mm -hmm. that was one of the worst inventions for mankind because it stopped that energetic connection from the core of the earth. Yes, it blocks that. And so now so many of us are sitting with all this, you know, all these vibrations that aren't good. I mean, we need to kind of release those out. And so being able to get your hands in a garden or feet in the grass, like all those things are so healthy for our bodies. Mm -hmm. When you said that, it made me think we're like this transmitter. So we're absorbing this energy up through the soles of our feet and then it, and then letting it come out, letting it sort of detox 
all the other energy yeah. that we're picking up from all the frustrations and stresses of life. Yep. So that's fascinating. I want to read, this was so interesting, this, this study. There is increasing evidence that gardening provides substantial human health benefits. The result of research examining the effects of gardening in January 2016 reported a wide range of health outcomes, such as reductions in depression, anxiety, and body mass index, as well as increases in life satisfaction, quality of life, and sense of community, which you were touching upon. And then I saw something else and said that soil is an antidepressant. So it's funny, like all of these things that I'm experiencing from the garden, there's actually been scientific proof. So it says soil is an antidepressant. The smell of microbacterium vacil, a microorganism found in soil compost and leaf mold, lights up neurotransmitters that release serotonin. Wow. And so no wonder. Yeah. I'm not surprised. I feel calm and relaxed out there and happy and my worries melt away. I think it's a wonderful, I I don't like, I don't even like to call it a hobby. To me, it's really part of a a practice, a ritual. It's so much more than a hobby. A hobby to me makes it sound like it's just this light, fluffy thing that is mindless. Yeah. It's interesting because before we were recording, I didn't really put much thought. I'm just going to be honest. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't put much thought into this topic. I knew I was going to be very interested in speaking about it. And, you know, throughout the years of talking to you and watching what you've been doing in your garden, I knew your passion for this. But as you're sharing data and you're saying all these things, I'm reflecting back on my own childhood and I'm remembering Mm moments with so my grandparents had a huge garden in their backyard and it was not in planners it was just a plot of dirt that you stepped up to and there were all kinds of things in there so getting back to the community part of it I remember sitting in the garage and having green beans we're all sitting in a circle and part of our job the kids because it was also fun was to peel the green beans and put them all in a bucket and you know my grandmother then would cook everything that we harvested and I did spend a lot of time just in the dirt Mm. and it's so interesting because I really didn't put much thought into that until you started sharing mostly what the data was saying Mm -hmm. to your point of the meditative part of it and then the communal part of it and the health part of it, because the food w- that we were served as kids were so nutrient dense. Yeah. I mean, they came. No pesticides. None. Just, you knew where it came from. You knew where your food came from. And so many cultures came to America and were growing their own food. That wasn't, that's not that long ago that that's mm-hmm. sort of stopped. I think it stopped with our grandparents, really. But it's the childhood memories, the connection with the earth, giving children jobs, Mm -hmm. I think is something that we've really lost along the way. I mean, a lot of kids are just on video games and they kind of stay out of the way. And it's like, no, we all used to have these little jobs. We were part of a family and we were part of the meal and the preparation. Yes. And to understand where everything came from. Mm-hmm. So I again I'm I'm having visions of being in my grandfather's backyard and grapevines that were just all, all over the trellises. And we used to go out there and they were the teeny tiny like little champagne yeah. kind of grapes. And we would just pick a bunch, not even rinse them off. I mean yeah. just 
They had that little dustiness on it. Yeah. (laughs) Just eating them straight off the vine. And some of them were really sour. And then, Mm. you know, so you're also, you're, you're having this whole palate experience at the same time where it's, it's the, a mindfulness practice, but you're not even, when I was a kid, I wasn't even aware of it, but it's like, Ooh, let me taste this one. And Oh, this one looks a little more plump. I'm going to go grab that, get the different flavor. Sometimes there were seeds, sometimes mm-hmm. there weren't. And so we were talking amongst ourselves as cousins, as we're doing these, like that, that was part of our fun and part of our play. And we have gotten so removed from that experience. So I love that people, especially during COVID, a lot of people started to try to bring gardens back. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of like homeschooling families who are home and have time to really tend to the garden. And I know yeah. more schools are starting to bring gardens in as well. So yes, I think schools are starting to understand the importance and how far we've gotten away from kids getting their hands in the dirt. And it is funny because when you think about it, I have been around a lot of parents in the past who are like, oh, don't get your hands dirty. Like there became this whole thing that shifted where it was a society thing where it's like, don't, you should not be dirty. And and then hand sanitizer and wipes and all these things kind of came on the scene. And it sort of got into these kids' minds of dirt is not good. Yeah. And God made dirt and dirt don't hurt, right? <laughs> so if your stuff falls on the floor, it's fine. No, that's, your, that's the only way you're getting it in. Let that cookie fall on the floor and eat it. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I again, like this is just coming to me where when I think of the age of all the sanitization that's yeah. going to happen, that also moved us a little bit further away from like, hey, it's fine to have dirty knees and mm-hmm. hands that have dust on them you kind of need to be exposed to these things to build up your immunity. And- yeah. And dirt literally makes you not depressed. So yeah. come on. <laughs> the, the data is there. Okay. The data it's is freaking there. there. Yeah. It's so- My mom was really brilliant when it came to all this kind of stuff. I mean, years ago, she said she didn't like the hand sanitizer. She was like, yeah, wash your hands. But, you know, like there just is a point where you're getting rid of all the good bacteria. Yes. The good that we're we're meant to be exposed to these things in the environment. Yeah, we're a part of it. Totally. Like to think that we have to completely, you know, sanitize ourselves just to be out if we're outside in nature. Yes. Yeah. We are again like separating and thinking we're something that's not a part of it, it and that's mind blowing to me. So I have this funny story and. I remember being at a school nearby my grandparents' house and my brother fell and he cut his hand open a little bit. And I don't know why we were very young and my natural instinct was to go rinse it out and then I was trying to pack it with dirt. Like I was literally bringing like dirt and leaves, (laughs) but it was sort of this innate thing that was like, you need the earth to kill you. Wow. I know. It's totally crazy but we need to do past life regression on the show it's like what the heck but there is something I don't know and I I, maybe it was because I spent so much time in my grandparents garden that all of that meant health and healing yeah and so that was the association with Mm -hmm. it but I I definitely feel like I've always been sort of connected to the earth that way and so so it does make me sad that I don't have as much of a passion for gardening myself but I did find something that was kind of cool. You're, you know, you got three kids, you have a busy life. And I think for me, it was all of a sudden that 
time and space opened up. Sure. I don't know that I could have done it when they were a little younger. Might have felt overwhelming. I mean, there's different phases in our lives, right? So yeah. no, that's a total good point. But I found something really cool. So for those of you who may not like the dirt part, and that's fine. I started an aeroponic garden and there's a basin where you have your water and you have these nutrients that you pour into the water and you've got to balance that out. So there's a little bit of science that, you know, you have to do. It's like a science experiment. But the seeds and the little sprouts come in like a rock wool. That's how they're delivered to you. And you kind of stick them into these little pouches. And basically there is a, a water system that is on a timer. And so really your only job is A, to make sure the nutrients are balanced and that there's enough water in the basin. In the very beginning. In the Well, and throughout, because oh. if, if it's a hot day, sometimes like the water gets evaporated. So you mm-hmm. just gotta make sure that, you know, you have enough water in there. And you don't even have to check it. Ever. This is not even like a daily thing. Mm-hmm. But you gotta be mindful of it. Sometimes the bugs. So we haven't talked about that yet, but I remember getting a lot of aphids. And so that was something that I had to manage, but it wasn't that hard. That's all you do. And then you just let it do its thing. And all of a sudden, like you get this beautiful, you know, whatever you decide to plant. I've had spinach in there. I've had berries. Homegrown spinach is so delicious. I don't know why it just tastes so much better. It does. And I mean, I love a lot of herbs too. So even just like mint, you know, I love putting Mm -hmm. mint in water. And so to be able to grow all of that and, you know, that grows in abundance. But I was able to move this thing around. So at one point I had it in my house and I had grow lights on top of it. And then another time I had it outside. So it was just the natural sun. But what I think was so cool about it is it didn't take as much effort or space. Yeah. We definitely went through a fire season here. And so that really kind of messed up my aeroponic garden. Messed was, up my outdoor garden too. So All the ash sad. on yes. everything. And the sun was even sort of being blocked by how smoky it yes. was. It was a rough year. Yeah. It was a rough year. So I lost a little bit of my motivation with that. But after this conversation, mm-hmm. I'm and oh, I'm going on vacation. So when I get back, mm-hmm. I'm going to order my little seeds again because When I saw the growth happen and I was able to walk outside and cut things or the kids would just pick a berry off of that, watching the joy of, you know, that experience was awesome. And it it was everything you talked about, that meditative experience. That's what happened. It's so fun. You could be having like a whatever day and then you walk out to your garden, aeroponic or traditional, and it's like, what's growing? What is here? What is new today? Yes. So fun. It is that same kind of inner childlike excitement that I remember having, you know? It is. And everything's so vibrant. And then the smells, there's mm. so much that it taps into. And we, we do talk a lot about mindfulness and, and activating the senses. So mm-hmm. not only do you get this beautiful visual, you know, you're touching things, you're smelling things, you're tasting things, all of those. I loved what it, even though it was such a pathetic garden, the, the patch of dirt when my kids were little, they were toddlers. It was so incredible watching them go out and pick a snap pea off the vine and try it. And I do feel like because they were introduced to that taste so early, mm-hmm. there's health benefits down the line. They love vegetables. They experience that flavor. They experience that connection with the earth. And they love their, to eat their vegetables. That's never been an issue for me with my kids. So I think introducing it early in whatever way you can, yeah, is great for kids. 
Totally. Really great for kids. So let's talk about bugs. Oh, can I? I <laughs> yes, please. I've been like restraining myself, holding myself back. <laughs> let's talk about the bugs. Now I'm going to sound like the weird bug lady. <laughs> The birds, the bees, and the bugs. Let's talk about it all. (laughs) So it's funny. You know, I I mentioned the grasshopper. And Michelle and I were just starting to talk about this podcast at that time. And we looked up. Well, I think I just looked it up. Like, I don't know what made me think to look it up. But I was sharing this with Michelle. The meaning behind grasshopper was leaping forward into the future. Like not holding back, but allowing yourself to move forward into the future and take these big strides. And it was just so appropriate for where we were at with this podcast. And I felt like these little creatures that are a part of this planet, part of this earth, they would just sort of arrive in my garden at different times with different meanings to me. And so it became not only meditative, but spiritual. I've recently this summer was experiencing Uh, swallowtail butterflies coming and visiting me. Every time I went outside, it was crazy. I'd even see a shadow go over my head and I'd look up and it was a swallowtail butterfly. And when I was a little girl and my grandpa had just passed away, my mom would say that that's your grandpa when a swallowtail butterfly would come by. And I really hadn't seen any for years. So I do feel like there's some connectedness. There's something that is even bigger than we are able to see or understand happening through nature in all facets. I, it, it's just a beautiful experience to be a part of if you allow it, if you open up your mind and consider that maybe these little bugs are a part of something so much bigger. Well, and I remember when you had this experience with the grasshopper. And shortly after that, I was at a friend's house and she went to serve me water and a grasshopper happened to be <laughs> in the cup that she pulled out. And so again, it was like, okay, we're about to start this podcast journey and grasshoppers are coming to you. They're showing up, you know, not even in my own domain, but my friend's about to serve me some water and oh, here I have a grasshopper too. <laughs> so yeah, it did become a very spiritual experience as we went into the meaning of that. And I think these environments like a garden just create. Yeah. The space for it to allow to come. Yes, And then when you notice them, because a lot Mm -hmm. of times, again, you know, just you and I, the other day going on a walk, we started noticing little frogs. Like we're, we're having this frog infestation kind of in our area, but, but you know, you can walk along and not even notice those things. But when you're really paying attention, you start to see the beauty in all the things, including the insects. And so, but I love going into those deep meanings of why are these things showing up? Why is this butterfly coming here? Why is this grasshopper here? So that's really cool. I do believe nature is speaking to us Mm -hmm. all the time if we pay attention. So even when I had the bird nest, we've talked about this on, you know, an episode about letting your children go off to college and how hard that is. I had birds that built a nest right on my front porch. And the timing was literally as my daughter was graduating high school. And the last one flew away. I think it was right the day that she graduated. It was a trip, the timing of it. And so, yeah, you can just be like, it's spring, of course, you know, there's going to be birds. But it's, it's, I think it's more if you allow it to be. Yeah, there's definitely synchronicities in life that are not coincidental and they're there for a reason. And again, it's about paying attention to those things. Yeah. I mean, I think you can 
choose to brush it off. Yes. That's how you feel, you know, makes you feel more comfortable or you can listen, pay attention. And I choose to pay attention. Yeah. And I've in those present moments have had such wonderful gifts come from that. This is funny. My friend was saying, you got to tell about the gold spider. So there's things I didn't even know existed that have come to my garden. Okay. Um, And I don't think there's any, I don't know that there was a spiritual meaning behind this gold spider. It was more just like, holy fuck. It's like gold metallic. What? It was this little jumping spider and it was gold, not yellow or orange, gold metallic. It was beautiful. And I had no idea that even existed. I didn't either until this moment. But I, yeah, I love just paying attention, seeing what I can see. We had one of those frogs hop next, hop through my garden area. I picked it up, put it in one of the (laughs) bins. So I'm like, oh, good. Eat the bugs. Yes. That's what they eat. So it's just, it's been such a joyous, fun, deeper experience than I ever could have imagined. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad that I you know, was brave enough to attempt a garden. I remember an old neighbor of mine had a garden and we were asked to help out while she was gone. And oh my gosh, the stuff that was growing in there, like all the squash was freaking ginormous. Huge, huge squash. And you don't really want to let it get that big. Well, maybe we like took too long to like go and cut it down. I don't know. And then we actually had some fun playing with all these ginormous vegetables, like just being silly and stupid. And but she had sunflowers in there. And oh, it was just so pretty. And so I, I remember I didn't care about gardens back then, like at that time of my life, but it felt like an honor to be asked to go and help out with this. Mm -hmm. And and then, you know, she was like, hey, just take what you want. And so back to that communal thing, I just, every time I think of a garden to me, it just really brings up people getting together and just sharing an experience, you know, made me think if you live in an apartment and you don't have a balcony that gets sun, or maybe you don't have a balcony at all. Maybe you could check out the community garden. A lot of lot of towns and cities have community gardens now, yes. and you can volunteer to go work there and harvest and take care of the plants. And I, I just think for what it's given me to have that space, uh, I just want everyone to be able to try it out and see yes. what it can do for them. Yeah. So much. So I more. love how you started the conversation where it's like you're giving to this garden and then you're getting back. And it really is this relational experience, which mm-hmm. is super cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Love that. Yeah. Just the connection, the groundedness, the I mean, the science behind what that dirt, plain old dirt does for your soul. Yeah. Well, think about also when you go to another town and you hear there's like a farm to table restaurant. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, but that kind of lights me up to oh, know. Yeah what, this is a farm to table? Like they're actually just pulling straight from their backyard and putting it on my plate. Yeah. And I just feel like I'm being, I don't know. It's like I'm being nurtured and loved. Loved. Uh-huh. Through food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let food be thy medicine. That's yeah legit. How many people don't really even think about where their food comes from? Or they just, you know, they're always getting fast food and it doesn't even really appear like food anymore at that yeah. point. Food product. Yeah. So, you know, getting back when you say farm to table, it's like you're cutting out all that middleman bullshit and you're just getting it from the farm, yeah. from the earth. And, you know, I not those are usually 
the really pricey places, but oh, it does feel like such a luxury and like such a decadent treat to it have does. that. And it shouldn't be like that. That's really simple living. That's really how it was all designed for us. Yeah, like how backwards is that thinking yeah. that we're going to pay more? You're actually paying more for that when it's growing naturally than the crap that we're getting served at a discount, yeah, you know, that's actually cheap, doing damage garbage food, yeah. to our organs. That's like such backwards thinking, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, yeah, the food that had to have so much more processing done to it right. is cheap. Yes. Yeah. What? <laughs> no, we're, we're a little back ass words. Well, and this is something else that I was just thinking of too. Um, when I think about if anyone out there has heard of Ayurveda, which is Eastern philosophies, but the way they even eat in those belief systems are, you know, it's, it's really like what's in season and what's good for your yes. body at that time. And so mm-hmm. I think also in America, it's been interesting because we produce pretty much everything all year round. So it doesn't, fruits and vegetables don't even have a season anymore. It's just like, oh, you want a watermelon in January, you can Mm -hmm. get one. And so that's a little bit concerning. Mm, Also, when you go to the grocery store and you're like, oh, this came from Nicaragua. It's like, how much time did it take to pick something in Nicaragua and have it travel all the way to a grocery store in California? Right. Fruit doesn't last that long. Okay. Mm -hmm. The minute you pick it off the vine, it's already dying. So how is it that we have such vibrant fruit that's coming from other places in the world? Right. You know, there's a lot going into that. Yeah. I pick a cucumber and if I don't put it right in the fridge, it's gets soft. Probably not even an hour later. It instantly, like you're saying, that's not natural, right? No, it's not. And I loved how you brought up, I don't even remember what you, the word you used, but I worked with an Indian woman who was teaching me about that. She was like, pomegranates are in season right now. This was in the wintertime because this is what we need. It's full of antioxidants and the things that keep us from getting sick during the winter. And it was like, oh, I had never even thought of that or heard of that before. Yeah. And all of that. Oranges. Think about that when things are naturally in season and what those, those nutrients provide you at that time. It makes a lot of sense. It does. Mm-hmm. So there's also like bio farming, which is interesting too, where you harvest things by the moon or by the sun. So, well, yeah, our ancestors were smart and they figured out a lot of things that we have lost. And yeah. I don't know why we would have gotten away from it. I mean, I think it's a lot of things that we can use today. Well, it's all convenience. Like mm-hmm. we're, we live in a world of convenience. So anything that's going to make things quicker. A study comes out and it's like, oh, this fruit is great for you. Well, then all of a sudden it's being mass produced everywhere and there's an abundance of it, even though it's not in season, just because a study oh, yeah. comes out. Remember you know, the kale was a superfood and then something else was avocados were a superfood. And it's like, it's all super wonderful. Yeah, they're all super. Every <laughs> food is for super. You. It's all designed to give us the health benefits. Yeah. Totally. So it's an interesting topic because nature knows what it's doing. Nature knows. We have to listen. We have to pay attention. We have to get back tuned in. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's funny because we were talking about the bugs. Like, it's just a bug. It's just a spider, whatever. But no, these bugs are tuned in. Yeah. When to come. They know what to eat and they're connected. We're not. Like, we can actually learn from nature. Yeah, totally. Well, I hope you are brave 
and you plant something, anything, (laughs) just a little bit of dirt and a pot, if that's all you have, but just watch and bask in the delight of watching something grow and enjoy and be a part of something that is bigger than you. It's a miracle. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you liked what you heard and were your girls, please share and add a review on iTunes so we can continue to grow our circle. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok at That's My Girl Podcast.